welcome to the latest and final installment of the high school football preview show for this fall. I will remember you. <laughs> da, 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 da. Will you? It's going to be a good one, though. Don't let your love. Okay. Is that Sarah McLaughlin? It is. Oh. It's the, uh, they always play it. It's the, the APSCA commercials. Yeah. I'm an APSCA member. I pay For $5 sure. a month to the starving dogs of the world just because of that song. She could get a lot more money out of me for other causes. Oh, yeah, I know. <laughs> but that one just, it's like they have a commercial contract with every channel in the lineup. Yeah. It's it like, used to be the starving kids with yeah. Sally Ride. Uh, yeah. Yeah. That's if right. they'd have had Sarah McLaughlin singing about it, I'd have given Sally a lot more money. Not Sally Ride. Sally. Sally Field. Sally, no, Sally Struthers. Sally Struthers. <laughs> South Park. Yeah. <laughs> it's a Sally. That's for sure. Sally, that girl. That's a good rap song. Anyway, it is our final WCBI Miss 98 scoreboard show football preview. Yes. Is this week 16? It is week 16. Man, Joe Montana. I know. I said Joe Montana. Who? <laughs> I know, I know, I know. Uh, but anyway. That was that was Clint Howard up there, Ron Howard's brother, I think. Yeah, it is. Yeah. The guy that uh, Ugly at the fella. end of the movie, and he's like, I don't read so well. <laughs> and he cops a field on Vicky. <laughs> That's him. That's him. That's a pod for another day. Another day. But anyway, yeah, but anyway, we got some big games to preview in Hattiesburg. Um, State Toughburg. Cha- yeah, yeah, for sure. My friends from Hattiesburg call it Toughburg. Really? Yeah. Okay. I They're never not heard tough of it. at all, though. I spent a couple <laughs> nights at Ropers down there in Hattiesburg. I've also spent a few nights uh, at Ropers. The, uh, the shoe fits. Toughburg. 100%. <laughs> yeah, yeah the, that, that description, most certainly. For sure, for sure. But a uh, lovely town. Love yeah. Hattiesburg. Speaking of tough things going on this weekend, these are going to be some really highly contested football games. Woo! The best of the best. Uh, this is it. Yeah, for sure. Everything, every best of the best, every classification has to offer. Best of the coaches, best teams, best players, you all seem it. to find their way to the final game. That's the Absolutely. way it works. All right, well, let's start at the top, McKinley, with 6A. We've got 13-1 Oxford with a big win in the uh, Little Egg Bowl Part 2, playing Oak Grove, who is uh, 11-3 and and pretty much got a home game. That's, man, <laughs> you know, and I, it has been quite a minute, I think. I think Oak Grove last made – a 6A state final and won one in 2013 and uh, beat a previously unbeaten Tupelo High School. Yeah. Uh, that was their last title. And maybe only. Yeah. Maybe only. Maybe it's, it's a relatively young school, right? I mean, it is. You know, uh, it's, not not like uh, last 10 years, but last like 30. Yeah, I was about to say, I think it's been around about 25, 30 years. Yeah. But it, it was, for a while, it was just, I mean, just to be honest, it was a white suburban kid school where all yeah, the doctors absolutely. and lawyers' kids went. And now it's turned pretty formal. It's an athletic a, powerhouse. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I guess that they. They returned a lot of starters from last year, but they lost one in particular, right? Didn't they lose a the quarterback? Yeah, they lost a the quarterback last yeah, year. Yeah. But, uh, the guy replacing him, uh, Damon Stewart, has done a fantastic job uh, to get it done. He's a dual guy. D- does it really well with his arm. Uh, he's got a good battery mate, Nick Millsap, 1,000-yard rusher. Uh, Oak Grove is the type of team that always – is multiple on offense. You know, I think ever since balanced. since Favre was there as the offensive coordinator, they have moved into a – you know, I remember back in 2004 they had Gary Pack. Yeah. That went to – Former Ole Rebel. Mid, you know, and he – you know, they, they were – let's hand it to Gary Pack yeah. 30 times. They have evolved as a school, and they're as with the times as anybody as far as offense and production. They, they remind me of, like, Starkville South. Yeah, that's, that's, that's a really good comparison, man. And they've got uh, a good one-two punch at receiver – and Tavian Smith and Brandon Hayes, man, they uh, they 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 know how to light up some scoreboards. They had a tough route to get there, beat a good Brandon team, a good pedal team. Uh, 
and they're going to kind of, you know, they're going to kind of see a mirror image themselves, I think, in Oxford, man. You know, uh, we, we talk about the usual characters every week, obviously on offense, John Moore, J.J. Pegues, K.J. Wadley. Um, you know, that's kind of been the bread and butter for Oxford. Now, we could sit here and talk about Oxford's offense and getting the ball to Pegues and that big heavy run attack, but, man, this defense, Brian has just – holding Starkville to 16 points last week, Regardless of whether they would have won or lost, you couldn't have told me that was going to happen. You know, this the way Oxford's playing right now reminds me of the first Super Bowl Peyton won with the Colts. They scored a bunch of points. Yeah. They were known for their offensive side, but right before the playoffs, uh, Joseph Adai got Gary hot, Brackett and the defense, defense got Dude. unbelievably hot. The, Bob, the, Sanders. The, Bob Sanders, Gosh, yeah, that's a great yes, comparison. and that, that kind of what Oxford reminds me of. You know, like you knew they were going to be there in the end, yeah. but it took a little bit of a. Philosophy change, not necessarily yeah. coaching philosophy, but sure. players bought into what's going on, Absolutely. and they decided to stop people from getting in the end zone, and they're in Hattiesburg because of it. I really there, there's so. no doubt. And, you know, I, there's one thing I want to give a little bit of a coaching edge to Coach Cutcliffe in this one, and it's nothing obviously against Coach Causey because he's got his team there, and they're, you know you don't get yeah. there unless you're good For sure. and know what you're doing. But uh, from the experience factor, you know, uh, Coach Cutcliffe coached in three 5A state titles just recently, yeah. uh, back-to-back-to-back years, and, you know, you would think – He's thinking, that, you know, I've been through this. I know how to prepare this week now, how what I did last time that I didn't like and what I think we should do this time. He's been there. You know, Brian, I, I like Oxford in this, man. I just think they're just too red hot right now. I do too. And like you said, uh, they're used to playing balanced teams. They've had to beat Starville. They put them twice. Uh, they've had to – They've had to run the gauntlet of against all manner of athletes. Absolutely, uh, you know Jacob Horn from Tupelo, and oh yeah, uh, and all the folks. Janari Dean, yeah, two Janari Dean. Ago, I mean, held yeah. him to thirty-seven yards yeah. on eighteen rushes. So, so, so any kind of attack you're throwing at them, they're ready for. They're going to be prepared. They're, they're going to be prepared for it. And like we always say, man, I think the X factor is the best player on the field. And they, I really think they have the best athlete pound for pound on the football field in the state. And JJ Pegues, I agree. And they also got my boy. The X Factor. The X Factor himself, Jack Tannehill. Yes, sir. The golden foot. Man, I wish we would have had him <laughs> on our side in Oxford. Got a couple years to wait on that. But um, he had a big week last week. He made three field goals. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. And I always say it, and it never happens, I'm going to ride that horse again. State championship victory on a Jack Tannehill field goal. And I am going to agree with you this week. 35 yards, bottom 35. of the net. Okay. <laughs> I like, I like that. that. I like it. But anyway, uh, shout out to Oxford and Oak Grove for great seasons thus far, and it's going to be an exciting 6A. Yeah, and oh, I, no doubt. And, and I know the whole state's going to be tuning in for that and one. And Oxford sure. will travel. They're going to travel down there. They're like letting out crazy. early. They, they, I, I looked. Up, really? I saw their tweet. Their Twitter account from the school said, uh, "Oxford School District had announced the uh, school lets out at about 1:30, but if you're going down to Hattiesburg, you get an excused absence at 12:15." Do me a favor, folks. And I could say this to any of the teams going. If you're a fan, media, whoever, go to Crescent City Grill. Okay. One of the best meals I've had in this state. I like that idea. I like that idea. All right, well, moving down to 5A, um, this here is going to be a really good game, man. I don't know if it's going to be the best game of the six. It's my favorite. But I was about to say, I'm more excited about this one. I think it's going to be a pound, pound, pound the football kind of game. Absolutely. Uh, We got 5A West Point at 14-1 and and Picayune at 14-0. and Man. When you talk about and, – and Coach Dodley at Picayune was quoted in the paper saying this today. This is really, really cool. He had somebody ask him, you know, you know you're know, you facing a West Point team. We know what, what they are, who they've been, how they've done things. And, you know, they've won three of these in a row. He said, uh, he said, I can tell you this. When people think about football in the state of Mississippi, you bring up football and you bring up high school football in Mississippi, there's three things that come into somebody else's yep. mouth. Salpanola, West Point, and Bassfield. And he's absolutely right. Two of those three are technically playing. 
Yeah. Aren't they? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, Bass, yeah. yeah Jeff Davis. Jeff Davis yeah, County. Yeah. Sorry for sliding them in the previous weeks. Absolutely. <laughs> but, uh, you know, this is interesting because these teams are just practically mirrors of I each other. I think they're staring at each other, yeah. It's amazing to me. You know, we talked a little bit last week, the obvious characters, Brandon Harris, Dantarius Cannon, Jimothy Mays, obviously that three-headed monster in the on backfield. offense. Yeah. It's just so hard to stop. And then defensively, Tyron Orr has kind of stepped up as that one guy, uh, you know, and Jaquarius Thomas and Keon Cunningham, they're kind of those guys that West Point has emerged when it gets to crunch time that make really, really, really big plays. You're right. They're always loaded at linebacker. They've always got a safety flying around back there. And they always got a big plug in the middle on the defensive line. It'll be you know a guy I mean? that's like 5'9", 260, and you just can't move him. They're good defensively at all three levels every year. Absolutely. You know what I mean? There's never a time Absolutely. where you look out there and go, man, West Point can't cover the pass this year. Nope. There's not. There's, there's never a season when you go, man, they're going to have a tough time stopping the run. Nope. And, or, and, there's, and there's never a time when you're going to look out there and go, really thin at linebacker. No, they're not. They're not. Just like running back. Well, let's throw on them. No, they're best athletes in their school or, or playing that secondary. And I'll tell you what, if they can't cover you, they're going to be in your backfield tackling you before you get it off. I, that's so, exactly that, right. Uh, you know, and like you said, they'll pick you. Very similar, man. The the one the one thing I think that Picayune probably does better year in, year out than anybody is they have a workhorse. They and do. They obviously have one again this year. Um and Cameron Thomas, running back, 3,371 3, rushing yards and 46 rushing touchdowns. Whoa! It, it does not take a rocket scientist to figure out how Picayune moves the chain. When I was when I used to play the college football game on EA Sports, <laughs> and I would create my own team, and my running back would be six foot nine, 400 pounds, and run a four-flat 40, he didn't get 3,300 3, yards <laughs> and 46 touchdowns. I, I know. <laughs> uh but, you know, goodness, Picayune, and the best way I know how to describe this, I, let me say this for multiple sports fans out there, they are a lull-you-to-sleep offense. We know West Point, they're going to be able to distribute the ball to different guys, to different backs moving in and out of the backfield. Brandon Harris will call his number a lot of the times. Picayune is giving the ball to Cameron Thomas. Yeah. There's different – and they do it, and they're so comfortable with three yards in a cloud of dust, which mm -hmm. is an old adage – but they do that, and then they bust you with something that yep. you haven't seen. And there's secondary guys, and they do this every year. Obviously, Coach Dodley's been here several times. He knows how to coach. He knows how to get his guys prepared to play in this game. Brian, this this one is going to be next level exciting. You're right. I also think it's going to be the shortest game. I, I do too. I think I think it's. I think you're going to be looking at. There won't be a lot of flags. Won't be a lot of flags because both teams that are extremely clock disciplined. Will be moving. Yeah, I think if there's any flags unexpected in the game, it's going to be emotion flags. Yeah, it'll be a, a legal formation. Uh, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, something that's like totally, you know, like something something somebody's not used to. That's right. They're running something they had practiced before, and they get like an illegal formation or a yes. motion kind of thing. Um, both teams are going to be really uh, calm and cool and collected because they've been here before. Absolutely. Uh, both teams are going to be disciplined, and it's going to be exciting, man. It really is. It's going to be man, old school football. You know, I mean, if it, it, it would be a pitcher's duel if it was a baseball game. Absolutely, for sure. Who? So I've got to ask you, who? Who you got? Pick a Yoon, baby. Okay, I want you to tell me why. Here's why. <clears throat> I like the idea of the workhorse. You know what sure. I mean? I like the idea of the workhorse. Everybody's expecting it. Um, everybody's saying, "Yo, know, Cameron Thomas, Cameron Thomas." I like the trick play. 
nobody, I don't think anybody has the guts to do anything against West Point because they're thinking, man, if we screw this onside kick up, if we mess up this flea flicker ball, and yeah. give them the ball, it's over. Pickens 14-0, they're not scared. That's very, and, very true. And I really feel like the game changes on an unexpected play. But, and, and, and like you said, you got a workhorse. It's like we talk about before with guys like J.J. Pegues, my boy J.T. Brown back in the day. You tackle him in the first quarter, it's cool. You tackle him in the second quarter, it's cool. Sometime in that third or fourth quarter, he's going to put off about a 35, 40-yarder, and, and he's going to be in the end zone. And I know West Point is, is used to these guys all the time. Sure. But I, when you have equal talent, you know what I mean, sometimes sure. the battering ram gets you. It's not what you're expecting. And that, that's what I think happens here. Well, and let me say this, and, and, and you pointed out a lot of it already. Both of these staffs – are so prepared, <laughs> oh. and there, there are there. They've been thinking about what you and I are talking about right now for five days. Absolutely, you know, and they know, they know that mm-hmm. they've got to be prepared for everything. I'm going with West Point yeah. simply because you got to knock off the champ. Sure, to, to, you know, and they've won three straight. That being said, this is not a game West Point's running away with. Yeah. This may be a back and forth swap licks, but I like the winner of this game, even though I'm picking West Point. I like the winner of this game, kind of like you, to maybe make a play in the air. Absolutely, absolutely. And the, the, you know, the first team to kind of say, all right, we've ran it nine times yeah. in a row. They've got single coverage outside on our tallest guy. Yeah. Let's throw him one up and see what happens. Yeah. Let's run a, let's run a flea flicker right well, here. Orders you ha- can you half-back toss it? Yeah, exa- I mean, toss exactly. Toss one out there and let him throw one. Um, yeah. just, you know, um, and another reason, we try we like to use the transitive property here at the, sure. at the scoreboard preview show. Uh, talk to my guy, Todd Arnold. Yeah. Basketball West coach Jones. down at West Jones. He was at the West Jones Picayune game, and, and he just kept telling me, man, you know, uh, West Jones is good all year. West Jones is good. West Jones is good. And they're undefeated. And Picayune put it on them. And I feel like we talked about 5A South pound for pound is probably the toughest, you know what I mean, the, oh, yeah. the most top-heavy. Top bottom, it's, it's yeah. no doubt. And, you know, the gauntlet they ran through to be 14-0, and I know West Point ran through one as well. Sure, sure. Uh, but when I try to use that transitive property and throw in the little bit of the gimmick and the trick play and the and the luck that might be on their side, that's the reason I want to pick you. I mean, that's that's really it. But Well, and you look at this dynasty-type stuff, too, and I know West Point's lost some in yeah. this three-year run, four-year run. At some point, there's always a team that pops up. Mm-hmm. One that jumps off the page to me is Meridian 2011. Exactly what I was fixing Beating to say. South Panola. Tyler Russell. I've got to think that Dodd Lee's probably preaching his guys and probably may even bring up that game this week. Hey, guys, this can be done. Right. And somebody's got to do it. They can't win it forever. Yeah. That being said, Why still going us? with West Point. I'm glad you're going with Picayune, man, because that, that, if there's any game that I actually get a chance to watch, I know we play soccer this weekend, but if there's any game I get a chance to watch, I hope it's this one. Yeah, and I don't think we'll probably disagree much. But, uh, you know, if it was tomorrow and I was picking, I might pick West Point. Yeah, but, oh, but, I know. But I just feel, feel good about picking. You know, like you said, you know, every once in a while there's just somebody has your number and you don't know why. And it might be just be for one year. Yeah. And I kind of have that feeling. Sure. I, mean, I just really do. All right, moving on to 4A. Uh, you know, probably the one that – Tugs at our heartstrings more than anywhere else. So we got Corinth at thirteen and one, and Popperville at nine and five. Um, man, my man. Shout Todd out to Lowry. the Warriors, Todd Lowry. <laughs> I love it, man. I want to say something real quick about sure. about Todd Lowry, and and all, and all and a lot of the coaches that have made it this far, you know, guys like Chris Cutcliffe and and Coach Coach Lowry and and other folks, they really relate to the kids. A hundred. You know, the, I, and I have much respect for the old guard. You know, your Coach Drury's, your Johnny oh, Hills, yeah, guys like yeah. that, who were a little bit more gruff. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, the football coach was not necessarily known as Mr. Personality. Sure. He didn't know rap lyrics. He didn't know what was cool on the radio. He didn't know what movies were out. He couldn't tell you who Key and Peele were. Right. Coaches these days, these young guys, they do. They get it. Guys like Ty Harden, they're right. totally um, 
immersed in their guys' culture because they want to be able to relate and be empathetic. Sure. And shout out to Coach Lowry for being he one, of those, one guys. of those guys. I want to give him a shout out for being he, one of those he, guys. He, he gets it, man. And anybody that runs the style of offense that he does, that's you know boring to a lot of people. It doesn't you know it doesn't produce produce plays that are big splash plays until really now. Yeah. In the early stages to get them to believe in it, you know you know you had to relate to those kids somehow before that. And he's made so, football cool at Corinth. Ain't no doubt. Which is not the easiest thing to do. No. I mean you know what no, I mean because not. basketball is king there. That's, that's it. Always will be. It really but that's, is. That's that's awesome. Yeah. To but do, but no under the game, man, it's it's a highly contested affair. Two teams we thought would be there at the end. Man, Corinth has led. I mean, they got they got the duo right. DT Sheffield, Tam Patterson, well, Caden Betts in the backfield. They're yeah, tough, man. They're, man, they're so tough. But the one thing that set them apart this year from last year, two two things really. Their passing game has opened up, and yeah. their defense has gotten stout. Man, it has. And you know, I actually looked at the numbers this morning. DT Sheffield's passed for twelve hundred yards. That's like throwing for three thousand in a passing offense. Yeah, they run the wing T. Yeah, that's insane. I bet a lot of his pass. I bet a good percentage of his pass completions are 20 yards or more touchdowns. Oh, yeah. You know what oh, I mean? Oh, it's, it's chunk plays. Yeah, some old Scott Frost, Eric Krause type football. And, and his hit man, to, to speak to it specifically, his two receivers, Calvin Jones, DK, DK Gaines, they know what's up. They know what it is. They know they're blocking nine out of ten mm-hmm. plays. Block, block, block. And then but when that one number's called and they get that look in the eye from DT and they're like, hey, man, this guy's one-on-one, so if you want to pull it, I got his tail burnt. I remember and they've had them. I remember Calvin Johnson got interviewed one time right before he got drafted, and they said, uh, "They said, well, how do you feel about playing at Georgia Tech, blocking all the time?" And he said, "Man, it made me a really good route runner and appreciate running routes." So what do you mean? He goes, "Man, I block ninety percent of the time, but when I get to run a route, I run the hell out of that route, and I'm getting the ball." <laughs> yes, I mean <laughs> he knows when he runs a route, he's getting the ball. Yeah, I mean Ball's coming every every plant was good. It's nine nine steps and a turn. It's <laughs> I mean it's 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 double moves, and those guys are ready to play. And Coach Lowry's got them ready to play, but. They got a formidable formidable foe in Popperville. Another wing team, man. This one, you know, we, the five A game is going to be a lot of ground and pound. This one's going to be a lot of trickeration, ground and pound. I love that word. Uh, trickeration. Trickeration. I know it's 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 good stuff. A lot of misdirection, yeah. obviously. A lot of traps. A lot of jets. A lot of sweeps. A lot of buck sweeps. Man, if these games are televised, I feel bad. Televised, televised. <laughs> if these games are televised, I feel bad for the cameraman in this game. Oh my Following gosh. the ball is going to be tough. You might as well just zoom out and just and just wait till somebody's past the line of scrimmage. But no, man, you know you speak you speaking to uh to popularable side, they're a little they're a little I don't want to say that they're not advanced because obviously uh, Coach Beach he's a wing guy he knows how this offense works too. One thing that they're probably a little bit behind on is the passing aspect. I feel like Corinth has got it more installed. They rely on Blaze Brewerwood really to just be the conductor of their train. Uh, his numbers really don't jump off the page, but he knows how to run the game offense. manager, which is weird in wing T because usually you want your wing T quarterback to move it, but he knows how to get the ball to the guys that and what's open, what lanes are open. I'm sure he keeps it when he's supposed to. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely for sure. For sure. But but uh, you know he 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 relies heavily on Greg Swan and Chase Spears to 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 get it moving, man. And that you know one thing Popperville has hung their hat on is defense this year. Yeah, man. I looked at some of their scores, a lot of 62 to like 7. Yeah. And, six, and, and against teams that went like <laughs> 10 and 3 this year, too. Yeah. Hagen Hall, Devin Hart, two studs on the defensive side, Absolutely. good athletes. And Hagen Hart's an awesome – I mean, Hagen Hall's an awesome name, right? Oh, dude, what a name. And Devin Amazing. Hart. Devin Hart sounds like a wrestler. 
<laughs> he's one of those guys. Yeah, one part of, of the, part of the foundation for sure. <laughs> the royal family. Yeah, so but man, that's sweet. an interesting game. You know, it's in the six A game, both teams are pretty balanced. You know what I mean? In the five A game, both teams are pretty similar. Same thing in the four A game. Both teams are not absolutely not mirror images because, like we said, Corinth can throw it a little bit, probably better, probably a little bit more refined. But neither team really wants to. No, you know, another short game possibly. I, I think that just simply because Corinth is more comfortable throwing the football. It gives them the edge in this game, and I'm going to go with Corinth for that reason. I'm going with Corinth, too. I, I like them, and, and, man, I'm just like a third-grade teacher. i got a favorite. Yeah, <laughs> you know, no, me too. And, and, and if there's anybody we're rooting for out of these, these 12 teams, it's Corinth. It is, and another reason. Man, I, I used to coach at Pontotoc, and I understand – uh, the Corinth athlete. You know I mean? Sure. I, the town is a little different than a lot of other towns. Oh, yeah. that, man, you know, uh, if you're winning, they really embrace you. And, oh, yeah. and they're really winning right now. And it's a really good time to be a Corinth football player, Corinth football coach, and a Corinth football fan. You know what yeah. I mean? Uh, basketball season hadn't started yet, no. which is very odd up there. You oh, know what I mean? And they've got crazy. it rolling. Um, they moved their game with the Lighthouse this past weekend for, for Friday and, night. I love that. And they had the nation's leading scorer in town, and nobody cared. Unreal. You know what I mean? Shout out to New Sight for winning that game. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, um, you know, I say this every week, and the, and the reason I like Corinth is they haven't been in this game, but they have been in a ton of big games. Huge. You know what I mean? They, they played Tupelo. They played Olive Branch. They lost last year the close game to Greenwood. They won this year the close game to Greenwood. And what that shows me is they're learning from their past. Absolutely. And if you don't learn from history, you're doomed to repeat it. They learn from it. No, and, no doubt. And I think it's those struggles point. and strife they went through have prepared them for this game. All the eggs are in this basket. And I hate to say that because they have a good program. But it's a perfect storm right now with the backfield they have. Absolutely. And these guys being in the program four years. You know what I mean? And I was going to mention, too, that that build from mm -hmm. when Todd yeah. Lowry got there and changed that culture into what they were going to do, how they were going to be. He knows how many seniors right. he's got on this yeah. roster. He knows that – and he wouldn't mind us saying this. They're not going to win a state title next year. But they're going to be good again. They'll be but, good again. But they'll he, be good again. But, but this is his best shot. This is the team. Yep. This is the team, and I'm going with them for that reason, man. Me too. I, I don't ever like to call a team a team of destiny, but I think they're the team of pretty close to destiny. Yeah, I, you know what I, I mean? agree. I, I like that. Warriors, um, let's go. Yeah, for sure. Uh, let's go here. In 3A, we got Noxaby County at 10-5 and five, and Jeff Davison County at uh, – Jeff Davis County at 9-5. and five. Coach Lance Mancuso, right? That Coach Mancuso. The coaching tree – of a lifetime. I oh mean, how many guys gosh. have trickled down from that oh thing? Oh, my – man. There's people coaching in these games this weekend yeah. who are in that tree. Yeah, for absolutely. Sure, for sure. uh, but, man, you know, up from the north, Noxaby, they're always there. I uh, haven't dropped down to 3A. It's going to be a really good game, man. And, and Jeff Davis is old Bassfield, and we still haven't figured out the other one. I know. It's i got to figure that out. It was one of those really good basketball schools, yeah. too. I mean, I remember that. It and was, now those athletes are playing wide receiver at Jeff Davis. Yeah, for sure, for sure. <laughs> I mean, it's going to be a good game with Noxaby and Jeff Davis. What's your thoughts on it? Well, man, my first thought is, you know, look at Noxby. Last year, 4A front runners for so long. Mm -hmm. Dropped down to 3A. Everybody's front runner in 3A. Hit a crazy low in the middle of the season. Had a tough Team, schedule. Tough, tough schedule. Tougher than expected division for them probably. Oh, yeah. I mean, and then, you know, was good, like you said, yeah. they play that DTR first mm -hmm. four or five games. Yeah. So, we know they're battle tested. And then they get into the season. They squeak by Houston, get beat by Choctaw County. And then what do they do in the playoffs? Turn around and beat both of them. Womp. They're right where we yeah. thought they were going to be. Had a really good, had a really good game with Houston. Oh right? yeah, really, probably really the good, good game. game, game of the year from what I've heard. Abs absolutely, and man, you know, Knoxby specifically, man, Knoxby is that one team. It's not like any of the teams we've mentioned so far. Knoxby has no problem lining five guys up there on the line of scrimmage out wide, huge splits, zone blocking. 
they will snap the ball and literally fling it downfield as far as they can, and somebody will run under it. I've seen it. Man, that Bud Kilmer would hate this offense. He'd hate it. But he'd hate it. Yeah, what the loop do? But, man, I'm down with I'm down with slinging that thing around. This time of the year when you've got a little bit, not of a gimmick, but a style that's different like that, hard to prepare for. If you you know, and, 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 you know, obviously Coach Mancuso will have Jeff Davis prepared. Seen it all. Absolutely. Uh, you know, man, I, I – as as far as as far as um, Jeff Davis is concerned, uh, they've got a, they they don't have a ton of stats out there, and that's smart. They they put all their defensive stats on Max Preps, mm-hmm. and this was this was an sounds interesting like Bill game. Russell's their football coach. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I know, but they've uh, they've got a really really ridiculously good defense. Not one single stood out. I, you know, I think that their their leading tacklers are going to be Marcus Ross and Marcus Middleton in the middle at linebacker. But there, I noticed that there wasn't a huge gap between their their leading tackler, which is Marcus Ross, and their eleventh leading tackler, which I didn't have his name. Their guys but, fly to the ball. They got they, they, they the eleven place. balls around. Going to be interesting to see if they can cover five wideouts. Yeah, and that's 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 gonna maybe the tell the tape. Uh, quarterback Marlon Wyndham for for uh, Knoxville County, man, he. Uh, he, he's just like the guys in the past. You know, they put Kazai Pruitt, who's now at Mississippi State, back there a couple of years yeah. ago. Uh, the Patterson brothers, one mm-hmm. went to Ole Miss, one went to State. For, that, that knocks Pat. Pat and James, yeah. I really wish Pat would have done better. Yeah, he – you know, he he didn't really he really didn't pan out like we it, it, it was the Bumpy and Pat thing. I remember it was like, who's going to get Chad Bumpus? Who's going to get, get Pat? Matt Patterson. Yeah. And in hindsight, mm-hmm. sure wish we'd have got Bumpy. Oh yeah, I'm glad <laughs> but we <he> did. <laughs> but <laughs> anyway, uh, but no, I expect this to be a good game. Two clashing styles. Obviously, Popperville likes to run it. Coach Mancuso is an old school football coach. Yep. And Knoxby's going to wing it. So I think it's a style game, and whoever style prevails is probably going going to win. Just based on experience, and this I know that this is probably going to be Coach Teddy Young's first appearance being behind Tyrone Schroeder for all those years. I got to go with Jeff Davis County. Okay, um, I like that pick, and here's why I like it. Um, I don't know what the weather's going to be like, and uh, when you are not dependent on throwing the football around, but when but, it's your bread, and but butter. when it when it's what you're kind of known for, what you do. Man, if that weather's cold and that ball's hard and it's wet, you can't get snaps correctly, your timing's off, your That's routes right. aren't really run well when it's sloshy out there. That's right. I just like the team with probably the little bit more comfortable running attack. I agree. With 11 guys that fly to the football like sure. you were talking about. They can Swarm. control the tempo of the game. Yeah, yeah. You know, and, and they can kind of uh, cover your boundaries over there, keep you in bounds, keep you over the middle where they can hit you with – Big hits, you know, uh, maybe keep your uh, the clock running. You know, Absolutely. they want you to get in a lot of uh, third and fours rather than, you know, picking up first downs on, you know, on your second down play like Knoxby's used to doing. Sure. Um, I'm going to go with you there. I like Jeff Davis County, yeah. and I think it might be weather-related. This time of year is tough. Oh, it's always. It, you know it's going to be cold. Yeah, if they're playing on turf, Knoxby. But, yeah, yeah for sure. Yeah. And this many games being played on one field, also very tough. Well, you know, Southern's got turf. Well, that's right. They do have turf. They that's right. They just got it. Right. Just got it. Mm-hmm. Last time I, I actually been to a football game not long ago down there, yeah. they didn't have it. So interesting fact. Quick tidbit. My 2004, bad. Four. I went to still watch going the Jeff University Davis. Of, of, yeah, me too. <laughs> uh, I went to. I went to uh, 2004. I got it for some reason. My dad called me. He said, "I got a ticket to the Southern Miss game this weekend. If you want to go, it's the last game of the regular season, and it was it was one move because of a hurricane." Yeah. And I'm like, all right, why not? So I he comes down to start with two buddies, picks me up. State was state was on the road, mm-hmm. I think. Um Calif- University of California. Do you want to know who the backfield was for California? They're number four. All right, let me country. guess. Aaron Rodgers, Javid Best. Three headed monster. Okay. Aaron Rodgers, 
Marshawn Lynch job at best. Really? Did job at best go to Cal? Yeah. Okay, I was yeah. guessing. He I, was a freshman, and Aaron and Marshawn were seniors. Really? Yeah. Okay. I, I, okay. And I, they I couldn't lit, remember they if they lit them up. I was 49-20. I always get job at best and Steve Slayton from West Virginia confused. Same uniform, same, same kind of player. player. Yeah, so yeah. yeah, I'm glad I was right there. But yeah, but anyway, even though they play on turf <laughs> – <laughs> I still like Jeff Davis because the too. weather could still suck. Just oh yeah, the weather the weather's not going to matter. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um. Let's see. Not to them. Um. Moving on in two A. Man, I'm sorry I disrespected you. Northside at fourteen and zero. We got Northside you. at fourteen and zero versus Taylorsville at fourteen and one. Dude, I need to say this because I did not know this. Yes. I did not know who. You know, we've we've talked crap. I admit this. We've talked crap about Northside. Four or five weeks in a row now. Yes. Saying y'all hadn't played anybody. Who are you? Who Shelby? are you? Yeah. You know, Charleston beat Calhoun City, and we're like, well, this is Charleston. Yeah. They're going to Hattiesburg. Yeah. And then here we are this week, and we look here up, we and Northside has done rolled Charleston. So, obviously, they're for real, What was that Brian? final? Yeah, I mean, it wasn't bad, but I think it was 21 to 3. Yeah, I mean, I mean it's, it's, it's roll this time of year. It was convincing. I mean, yeah. Uh, but um, what I did not know, Tavares Johnson, head coach at Northside, Formerly of Clarksdale, and most recently, Hollandale Simmons. Oh. So now that makes a lot of sense as to why they are a powerhouse now. I'm so sorry I disrespected you, Northside. But um, they have got a really balanced attack. Uh, Jeterrence Mort, quarterback, Samaj Daniels, and Katarius Burridge. Uh, or excuse me, Kaltaus Burridge. I don't know how he says it, but I want to say Kaltaus. But they are a true blue offense in that passing and rushing yards come from Moore. Daniels is the workhorse back, and the go-to tar- target is Burridge. They're all over 1,000. Uh, the numbers, it's just like you would draw up a video yep. game and say, if we want, we want our quarterback to have 2,500 yards passing, uh, 700 yards rushing, our running back to have 1,000, and a rod receiver to have 1,000. That's what they've got. They're your stereotypical, really good, small team. they got a good quarterback, one good running back, and they got a good go-to wide receiver. And two great linebackers in Treshawn Johnson and Cordary and Hickman. All name team up at Northside. For sure. Love it. I like what's going on over Me there. Me too. Creativity. Uh, but outside of that, we still don't know a lot about them, but I do know a little bit about their opponent who has been here several times. I don't want to say they got robbed last year, but the state's best prospect did not play. For sure. He got hurt in the South State titles game and did not play in the state championship. They somehow found a way to win without him, which was speaks a lot just to, you know, to lose that kind of guy. But Mr. Ty Keys. Uh, at quarterback for Taylorsville. More offers than anybody in this state. Uh, this kid is dynamite. He is probably – I know we say J.J. Pegues is pound for pound the best athlete. This kid's probably the best player. 2A player of the year, right? 2A player of the year. Now, was he a dandy dozen as a sophomore or he, no? No, this year. He will be. He'll, he'll be yes, a two-time. Yes, yes. Yeah, Yes. for sure. Uh, and, and, man, he, he – He's got good battery mates, man. Jeffrey Pittman has got 20 touchdowns as a running back. Which is insane. To have a quarterback that is that good. I agree. Yeah. Uh, but then his big two targets, Jabez Griffith and his cousin Tyrese Keys, man. This is this offense is insane for a 2A. And I, I could say this because I've watched little bitty huddle clips that he's put on Twitter. I found him. Those are fun. And, man, it's not one of those we got a good athlete back there where they didn't run around and he throws the ball far. This kid's a quarterback. Yeah, he's legit. I mean, he literally can spin it, sling it, 
He can take that five-step drop, throw the 18-yard out, but he can run that spread system where he can tuck mm-hmm. it and go. He is phenomenal. Masterful of the reads already. Oh, my gosh, man. And, and I will say this. I like Taylorsville for that reason. And for the other reason, the fact that they've been there, they're traditional powerhouse, and they're not scared of a shootout. Yeah. Um, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to pick Northside. Might as well. Because yeah, I picked against them every week, and I've been wrong. And I've been picking against them since like week six. Yeah, I mean, I had no idea who they were. Uh, the, I think I, I picked them to beat East Webster. You yeah. know what I mean? Because, I mean, it re- reluctantly. Though. Yeah, yeah. It was hard to pick that. But I like Northside. Um, like you said, the team that itself hadn't been there, but Coach Johnson's been there several times. Oh, yeah. He'll have his guys ready to play. Um, I like their balanced attack. I think they'll have enough athletes to keep Ty Keys in check. And that'll be priority number one. It will be priority number one. Um, I think they'll have a few more athletes. Um, man, Taylor's was always here. I mean, I mean, from from the mid '90s to through Billy Hamilton, oh through now. Gosh. I mean, they're always a power. The Tartars, right? The Tartars, which is, which is an awesome, uh, the, maybe the best mascot in high school, and my least favorite of the condiments for sure. Uh, same, but, <laughs> but if you have packet tartar, get out of here. Get out. But anyway, um, I'll go with Northside, and you go with Taylorsville there. But yeah. um, cool. I would say I reluctantly went with Northside. You know okay. what I mean? Um, we'll say that. And rounding out in 1A, we got, uh, man, we got Nanawaya at 13-2 and two and Lumberton at 12-3. and three. This is probably the only matchup outside of 5A that everybody hears who we thought was going to be there. Yep. Uh, Nanawaya, obviously, with an unbelievable back-and-forth game with Noxipater last week. Everybody knew that was going to be the north half final. Everybody knew that Lumberton and Richton was going to be the south half final. Now, Lumberton is is not unfamiliar with this game, but they don't have quite the familiarity that Nanawaya does. Recently, for sure. And Nanawaya is just a freight train, man. The way they do things, man, they have got a monster backfield of Donovan Turner, Austin Sanders, Davion Turner, and Shia Moore. Man, Four backfield mates. And, man, I'm telling you, they lost uh, the player, I guess it was a year or two ago, Chris Smith, yeah. to UL Lafayette, and he's mm-hmm. starring down there now. They ain't missed a beat. No, they just, they just reload. Won it last year in their first year without him. And, and you know, the one thing that, that this I lo- this is probably my favorite matchup as far as offense-defense goes. Right, yeah, yeah. The, because, the styles. Uh, you know, Lumberton has got the 1A player of the year in Robert Henry. First cousin of former former uh, Dandy Dozen Rashad Henry. Yeah, for sure. A uh, long time ago at Lumberton. But uh, – you know, he, he's going to keep them in this game by himself. He is their offense. But one thing to note about them, they have four guys defensively, and I'll mention them, DeBron Connerly, Denarius Edwards, Xavier Holder, and Augustus Sandifer. All four of these guys have 100 yard or 100 tackles. Yeah, for sure. And all four of them have awesome names as well. And and, and, and But I love that matchup because here you are, you got Nanawaya. With four guys in the backfield, yeah, who can all run it, and then you got four guys on defense to stop it. So this is going to be a true spy game. Yeah, of uh, sorry about that, folks. Dogs getting a, a little wild we got back a dog, there. We got it. Could y'all knock it off? <laughs> there we go. I'm just back there playing. But anyway, uh, four on four. This is turning into a four on four game. So I really look for what can Nanawaya do defensively to stop Robert Henry. Yeah. Um, and I think that may be the difference. Yeah, and, you know, uh, Nanawaya, like you said, they have the four-headed monster back there in the backfield. Which one of those is the big battering ram? They got one guy that's a big one back there, Shy right? Moore. Yeah, Shy Moore. Shy Moore. He's the kind of guy I feel like controls the clock. He does, and he and he doesn't have the most yards of all of them. Yeah. But he's the one that they give it to when they got to have a tough couple When it's yards. second and short, third and short, goal line situation, 
I like him to get the ball. You know, I could see this game really turning on a fourth down call. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. A fourth and Absolutely. short, and Nana Wyatt's got to go for it. You know, their strength versus strength of uh, Lumberton and those four guys making all those tackles, it's going to be, be a interesting. fun game. It'll be a really fun game. Uh, I'm going with Nanawaya just on the fact that they've been there. Same. I am too. I like them D- there. This would not shock me either way, though. This is the one of the ones that, I mean, I guess they're all really good matchups, but this one I could see being nip and tuck. I agree. I like uh, ground and pound offense to beat ground and pound defense. And another thing, I know that Lumberton was tested in the South. For sure. But they didn't play in that division. Nor did they play Noxipater last week that's or what twice. I, that's what I'm saying. I mean, that division this was – This could easily be Noxipater right here. It could be. And, it, you know, and if this was like a lot of other sports where, you know, two North teams could be in the oh, state yeah. championship, yeah. very well could be that, the case there. But um, I like Nanawaya as well. It's a good argument to make for the future of the MHSA. I'm just, I'm just saying. I mean, I mean, you just tell me how many times Lafayette has been left at home because – Yeah, I mean, you know, and, and, and in basketball you can do it. Two oh, North yeah, teams could yeah. be in the finals. You yeah. know I mean? Baseball, I don't Baseball's think you can't – brutal. Yeah, ba- can you can – No, you can't, but I'm say, like – I think oh. about Tupelo, DeSoto Central. I was about to say, all those DeSoto County teams back in the day that couldn't oh go. Gosh. I mean, South Haven, DeSoto Central at one oh, time. Oh, man. I was there when they, you know. Crazy. Tatum and them had to play against <laughs> Riley and them. Yes. Yeah, it was an awesome game. But anyway, that's our, our football preview roundup for the state championships. And uh, as we wrap up. We got, our, we got a little treat. As we wrap up our final football show of the year, um, we got a little treat for you. We got some postseason awards. What would you what would you call these awards? What would they, do we have a name for them? I almost said something I was immediately going to regret. Good, don't do that. So I'm not going to say it. I'll tell you off air, but you'll make fun of me because I'll say this. You know how a lot of the times, like people take the ESPYS and they just take it and they just say, "Let's just add a YS on it and call it yeah. this." I almost did that, so you can kind of put two and two together. I'm not going to do that. Okay. But anyway, I feel really, really cheesy, like seventh grade lunch table well, by myself. Cheesy. Well, you know, at, at, in the office they have the Dundies, and at Blue Delta we give the Delties. So you know, we'll just we'll I'm just not get, I'm, just, we'll just say we'll just say these are off the wall, uh, not so conformative. Miss ninety eight, what's happening? The pod awards. Official, unofficial Miss ninety eight scoreboard show happening. Pod awards. For sure, for sure. Well, let's start. Uh, let's start right at the top. Okay, McKinley. Uh, we got we got a we got a handful, maybe about a dozen awards here. So let's start off right at the top of the year. All right, uh, we decided on this one, and I, I, we call this the Kingfish Award. Mm-hmm. Mississippi, the Magnolia State, Kingfish is catfish. We just kind of played on words there. And if you don't listen to the artist known as Kingfish, then you are missing out. Christopher uh, King Ingram, Chris Stone, Chris Ingram. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's it. Yeah. Uh, but our our player of the year, which is, means best overall player. Uh, this was actually surprisingly an easy decision for me. Yeah. Um, Kai Holiday of TCPS, quarterback. Uh, just some quick numbers here. 5,047 yards of total offense. That's over three miles. There's, there's 1,760 <laughs> in a mile yards. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 58 touchdowns. Uh, 30, 37 in the air, 20 on the ground, and one via return. And then 30 tackles, and then also was the team's punter. If there's ever a player that meant more to his team than Kyle Holiday in this state, I don't know that I've seen it. There's this not. kid absolutely did it all. The numbers speak for themselves. Shout out to him and his father, Coach Holiday, for getting him in this position. I think it was a no-brainer for him to be our player of the year. Absolutely. And, you know, uh, like I've always said, it's always really special when you get to coach your kid or play for your father, as Kai's doing. And I know he's doing it the right way. They're working hard. He's always in the weight room. Uh, coach Holiday's going with Kai to all his visits and stuff like sure. that. And um, Kai's a really humble kid. 
and um, yeah. he's got a bright future ahead of him. And man, here uh, in Tupelo, especially, we're proud of the the season he had. And for let's just be honest, uh, putting TCPS football on the map. And uh, might I add, folks, he gets to play again next year. Yeah, for sure, for <laughs> sure. Well, shout out to him for being uh, our, our pod, happening pod player of the year. So uh, that's that's a pretty good honor for Cat. Who we got next, Brian? Oh uh, man, it looks like here next we got the uh, the Alcatraz Award. For the breakout player of the year. Man, I love this. I know you'd like that. Yeah, is this uh, Sean Connery or Nick Cage? The Rock. Your best. <laughs> Winners never complain about their best. <laughs> anyway, but uh, man, our Alcatraz award for breakout player of the year goes to Jake Ware of Tupelo. Quarterback, y'all. Something about those Tupelo quarterbacks, Something man. about them, man. I'm a big fan of those. He had a... 2,257 yards and 20 touchdowns playing in a really balanced offense for a team that doesn't necessarily, you know what I mean, really throw it around the yard all the time. But, yeah. man, he had a really good year. You saw more of his game in person. Tell me about that. I did, man. And he was a kid last year that had to take over for Stephon McGlone in some games. He was really, really green behind the ears. Got to see him a couple of times. You could tell I, he wasn't scared back there, but he wasn't comfortable yet. Well, this year he comes not out of nowhere, but nobody outside of our little bitty area knew much about Jake Ware, and he just had a phenomenal season, man. He was the, the director of their offense. They're going to lose some playmakers next year, but they won't miss a beat because this guy will be conducting the training. Yeah, you got a good leader at the top. You're going to be okay, and they'll be fine. They'll reload at the skill positions. Yep. Coach Hamill will have them ready. But it's always good when you have uh, experience coming back at quarterback. And he's a strange brew guy, too. It's cool. I've seen right. him a couple times. Yeah, it's cool. Strange brew for life, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> um, all right, moving right along, we got the uh, Switchblade Award yes. for our two-way offensive defense player of the year. Go ahead and announce that one for him, McKinley. We uh, This one was a pretty easy decision, too. Uh, and we got to see this young man in person, even though he's a little hobbled in the playoff game. Uh, Jacoby Williams from Baldwin, uh, number one wide receiver and number one cornerback for them, best overall player, uh, finished the year with 11 interceptions, led the state. Uh, he will play next year probably on that side of the ball, mm -hmm. but also had 23 touchdowns on offense. It's not bad. Yeah, like two a game. Yeah, I mean. absolutely. And, man, you know, it was that was an easy decision for us. This kid's got a really bright future. I know his coaches speak really high of him. The teachers at his school speak highly of him. Uh, I expect to see him down the road. But he is our Switchblade Award winner, man. And I, I, I love this award because this is a true Iron Man. Uh, the fact that he could not play a lot in that playoff game against TCPS, you could see him on the sideline. It was burning him up. Yeah. Uh, but – you know, he, a true competitor, man. Iron Man football, plays every snap of the game. Shout out to him, man. I'm really, really glad to get it. Pretty good on the hardwood, too, right? Am I right in saying yeah. that? Yeah. Greg yeah. Goolsby is not happy that Baldwin's football season is over, but he's not not happy. For either. sure, for sure. <laughs> People at Agnew spoke highly of him as well. They, they, yeah, they <laughs> so did. For sure. like, oh, man, you going to see Jacoby? <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, we're going to see the whole game. He's, he's worth the price of admission. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, but shout out to him. A good award there. It's well, very, very deserved. Um, All right, moving right along to one of my favorite awards, an offensive award. I'm all about putting up points, and we got the – Light It Up Award. Yes, sir. My man Ike Chandler and Randy Anderson, co-winners. this year. Yeah. The, these two guys, man, obviously Ike, just he was he was kind of like some of those guys we mentioned in these state championship games. They gave this guy the ball. Man, yeah. <laughs> you know, and he's he, uh, <laughs> right uh, over 2,500 so. yards rushing, 30-plus uh, touchdowns. Uh, he was Mr. Everything for them offense, man. He was a highlight real player. Uh, you know, and he Itawamba doesn't go thirteen and one or twelve and one, whatever they went, uh, without Ike and two big seasons in a row. Uh, he he would have been a no brainer by himself, but it would be really really hard 
to dismiss uh, what Randy Anderson did on a not as norm, not as talented as normal Lafayette team. He was for sure. everything for them. Targeted yeah. by every defense. Oh my! And and played. Not only was you know he he started the the year uh, under center. He got banged up, and they they brought the sophomore Tyce Williams in, and then when he got back healthy, he'd split him out at wide out. He'd put him in at running back, and he put up numbers all over the field, yeah. over twenty five hundred all-purpose yards, 20-plus touchdowns, man. Phenomenal player for Lafayette. And that's man. really hard to do in 5A. Oh, Let's in that be division, real. In that division, yeah, yeah. And being banged up, man, and everybody's keen on you. Those very well-deserved awards right there. Those absolutely. two guys absolutely two guys. put points on the board every Friday. You will hear from these two gentlemen again. I made a prediction a few weeks ago that if Randy Anderson stays healthy and finds the right program, absolutely. he might play on Sundays. And if if you're a JUCO program out there, go ahead and offer both of these guys. Yeah, if you haven't already, what are you waiting for? Next year. Yeah, for somewhere. sure. For sure. Um, all right, the Brickhouse Award. Uh, Lionel Richie and the Commodores, my kind of guys, uh, for the Defensive Player of the Year. Another co. Yeah, we got two of them. You know, it's hard to it's hard to sometimes differentiate talents like this. But oh, uh, we got Marcus Thomas from Nettleton and Carter Bonds of Corinth. Of Corinth, yeah. yeah. Man, and and, and I want to speak to both of these guys. Um, I asked Coach Tops. We actually got to see Marcus in person and, and Carter in person. But um, Marcus, we saw the second week of the year against Morville. Mm -hmm. uh, they played up a class in, in classification. If Kassan Mitchell was not on the field, Nettleton probably wins this game. Yeah. And this kid is a sideline-to-sideline tackler. Fifth in the state in total tackles, 168. That's insane. <laughs> you know, this is God. the type of kid – that when you are an offensive coordinator and you're watching and, film, and Nettleton just played twelve games, right? Oh yeah, I mean well, no, they, they played one playoff game. Okay, I thought Lost they played a, I thought eleven and one. Okay, okay, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Okay, yeah, you can. Um, but um, yeah, man, th this kid is a sideline to sideline player. We saw him in person, man, and he absolutely has a nose for the football. Uh, he is the guy that when you're game planning as an offensive coordinator, you're running away from away him. from him, and he's you're still going to get over there. He is lined up. You're not running the ball there because you know you're going to get tackled for a yeah. loss. Uh, and Carter Bonds, on the other side, man, he he has been the one thing that's been this resurgence for Corinth's defense. I was about man. to say, In the part of, of the their yeah. defense, middle linebacker, he calls all the cadences, man. And if you ask Coach Todd Lowry, the emotional leader of their football team, Carter for Bonds. sure. Uh, you know, Corinth's always kind of had a pretty good linebacking core, oh, yeah. and they always have one out there. Uh, years ago, they had the Hispanic kid who played basketball. Oh, uh, you know what I'm oh, talking I loved about? Him. Jose Contreras. Yeah, you know, I remember him being like the kind of leader and the yeah. emotional guy out there. This kid right here, better, bigger version of that. Yeah, I mean, really. So, um, and like you said, he was part of the renaissance of the resurgence of that defense. It was kind of a no-name defense, but he's the name. He is the name. He's the 144 name. tackles speaks for itself. Yeah, on a very balanced squad, that's a lot of tackles. Ain't no doubt. For sure, for sure. All right, well, moving along here, uh, we got our. Elmer Award for uh, Elmer's Award, our Glue Guy Player of the Year. We got two of those as well, and man, I love both of these players. I know, we got man. Rich Alford from Houston and Brandon Harris from West Point, two all area players. We 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 talk about these guys. Rich Alford banged up throughout the year, man. You could tell he was there, kind of like Carter Bonds. He was their big emotional leader. We saw him at Fulton. He was the guy, even though he's banged up. He played through some pain. He got those guys going emotionally. He's the guy breaking down the huddle. And 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 I, it, it was kind of a tough decision to put Brandon Harrison here because he plays such an important position. But just reading the articles in the newspaper and online and the things that Coach Chambliss says about this Brandon Harris kid, he is every bit of 5'6", mm -hmm. 170. 
and plays the toughest position in sports for one of the most tradition-rich. I mean, the pressure on this kid to keep him going. The reason I think that, along with Rich Alford, their numbers, obviously, both of them speak for themselves. Uh, they play on different sides of the ball. Right. But you can tell that the metal that they carry with them is what carries their team. Absolutely. Both teams had to go through so much adversity. Uh, both teams have had to go through some comebacks, Houston specifically earlier in the year, West Point a couple in division. These guys led the charge in those comebacks. They're the ones that got them where they are. For sure, for sure. Well, we got another one here. We got the uh, Swiss Army Knife Award. So a Swiss Army Knife, as you know, it's got like ten things I it can do. I still got mine. I love it. Well, it's the best knife I've ever owned. It's I have so one good. that I got it when I was an eleven-year-old kid from the uh, Smoky Mountain Knife Store. I got the big one. Oh, you got like the, the one real that deal. Has, like, Wrenches and yeah. stuff. Well, mine, mine's got like you know a thing I can file my fingernails with. I can take a bottle of wine open with. There's What's your favorite piece on that? Just out of curiosity. I like the corkscrew. I'm you an know adult. what I like? <laughs> <laughs> you know what I like just to play with it. What's that? The toothpick. The toothpick's cool. And the you scissors. Can just thumb it in yeah, and out. for sure. The scissors. Well, you know all these things are really cool, and you know it kind of like equates to a good football player. Somebody who can throw it. Somebody who can run it. Somebody who can catch it. Somebody who can tackle it. Somebody who can intercept it. Somebody who can return it. Somebody who can block it. Well, I think there's only one real man in this area who I could choose for that, and that's uh, my man Caleb Hobson from no Pontotoc. Um, he he not only plays both sides of the ball, he plays all sides all of both sides, sides of the ball. Of the ball. Um, and you'd be hard-pressed to find a better athlete in this area, oh, pound, no pound for pound. He probably weighs 165 pounds, 170 pounds soaking wet. Man, he can fly. He can jump. And and just to speak a little bit away from football, if, you, if you've seen Caleb on the football field, you should see him on the court. And on the diamond. I've seen him on both, and they're equally impressive. It's, this this kid literally can do it all. He will be on somebody's college roster doing something. Well, I'll I'll say this. I can honestly speak. Uh, I can speak this. I think he's a junior college basketball player if he wanted to be. I think he's a Division One defensive back if he wanted to be, and I think he's a major league outfielder if he wants to be. If he puts his mind to any one of those three, I agree. And to be honest with you, he could probably do almost two of those three without putting his mind to it. A hundred percent. So, uh, shout out to him. He's the switchblade of the year. Uh, he can do a little bit of everything. Yeah. Swiss Army knife. Excuse me, not our yep. switchblade. Um, all right, our Das Boot Award, Special Teams Player of the Year. It's one I've been trying no to give brainer. out. It's one I've been trying to give out since week one. And man, I really could have used you on November the twenty eighth. Um, <laughs> from Oxford, Jack Tannehill. I don't know if he's missed a field goal or an extra point. You don't hear about that, but all he does is make big ones. Every That's week right. Every week, I see uh, Ben Michael or Jared Redding or somebody from Oxford say, Jack Tannehill puts the game away with a 42-yard yeah. field goal. Takes you know the what I mean? lead with it, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it makes it a two-score game. And, you know, he's such a weapon for Coach Cutcliffe in the fact that, you know, they play such good defense. Mm -hmm. It's such a luxury to him to have a guy say, you know what? We play the field position battle. We got a guy that can win this game for us. You're right. You're right. Absolutely. And, and it's also a big deal that say you're down two, and you're 80 yards away from the end zone. You know you don't. You don't have, have to get 80. You don't have to get 80. I mean, you just got to get down to the other about 50. Yeah, about 50. You know what I mean? Just get get him within 45, and he's got a shot. And I think he's a junior. Yeah. And that's amazing that he's so talented, but it also hurts my heart. <laughs> so, Coach Cud, after y'all win it this year, can we can we get this guy some classes? Get him eligible <laughs> for the fall for whoever we hire in Oxford. But anyway, uh, he's he's my Das Boot Award uh, for the Special Teams Player of the Year. And um, the, the I got another one here, and this is kind of near and dear to my heart. And this young man who's going to win this award probably has no idea what it means. But <laughs> I love this. But it's the Al Bundy Award. And as many of you know, Al Bundy was a famous football player from Polk High in the television show Married with Children. And he once scored four touchdowns in a game. And uh, he was one of the greatest football players to ever play high school football ever. in Illinois. And he never got his shot uh, because of Peg. But this year, my Al Bundy Award goes to A.I. Nugent. 
from Myrtle. And That's he, such a good And dog. here's why. Because I know he scored four or five touchdowns in a game, and he was a fantastic high school football player, one of the best in our area. And I don't know what his career is going to be like after this because he went to a small school, sure. not a lot, a lot of opportunities. But I know this. He's one of the best high school football players around here. And if somebody gives him a shot in the junior college level, He'll be playing big time football. He'll make you a smart man. He will. He will. He won't be selling shoes. That's for no. sure. He'll be. He's. <laughs> but he's one of the best high school football players around here. And like I said, uh, shout out to him for putting Myrtle football on the map this year and getting Myrtle into the playoffs. Myrtle football will last because of AI Nugent. Other programs in the area got rid of their programs because they never had a marquee player come through. Myrtle's fortunate. They had one come through. And, and there were fifth graders, sixth graders, fourth graders this year that saw him play. They're excited to play high school football. Absolutely. Because of A.I. Nugent, for sure. And you may, we will probably look up, because it's such a small community, 30 years from now, A.I. Nugent will still be the best player to ever play at Myrtle High School. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. And uh, and within the next five, six, seven, eight, nine years, we'll hear uh, somebody else coming through. Oh, yeah. And they're going to be – AI. I'm the next AI Nugent. Yep. Is what and, and, and that's a big deal. That's a big deal at Myrtle for sure. You always got to have him. you got to have one to start it. You got to have one to start it. Shout out to him. All right. Well, our last three awards are more team slash coaching staff oriented yes. awards. Yes. And uh, I'm gonna let you start with uh, with that one right there. Uh, are the A team, which is Mr. T was there. Mr. T was there. Rob was there too. <laughs> um, but our A team, you know, obviously playing off the movie and the TV series. But it was a group of crack commandos. <laughs> <laughs> our uh, our team of the year, and uh, we've already kind of spoken to this a little bit, uh, based on what they've had to go through to get here, is the Corinth Warriors. Yep, uh, man. You know, this is a team, Brian even said it so eloquently earlier, they seem like a team of destiny. And, you know, this is this is a team who did everything and has done everything the right way the past couple of years, and they're being rewarded for it now. Uh, I don't think that based on what Foray had this year, everybody knew what not, or excuse me, Louisville, Greenwood, and Itawamba had coming back, and that Corinth was just kind of almost there the, the previous couple of years. For that reason, and because those teams are knocked out because of this team, Corinth is our A-team team of the year. I agree. And, you know, this is our first time to have the What's Happening Pod postseason awards. Yeah. But I believe this is a four-year award. Uh, I agree. You know what I mean? This is a four-year like award. Like an achievement. Like yeah. Like a four-year yeah. achievement. Well, you know, when he took over, uh, like I said, Corinth's football program wasn't in a good spot. At the um, time, it really yeah. wasn't. And those kids have bought into a system that's not necessarily popular to play, and they bought into the weight room. Every one of those kids look like like athletes. They're interchangeable. They all can run. They all can jump. They all can lift. And they play for each other, and they play for Corinth. That's what they most certainly You know do. what I mean? They play for Corinth, which is not all, doesn't always happen. In most, mostly yeah. in your smaller schools, you get some, some sense of uh, school pride. But in your cities, you know, your city-based schools, it's a little different. Corinth's not. No. They play for Corinth. And, Absolutely. And, and that's why I think they – I agree with you. It couldn't be a more fitting team of the year for us this year. No doubt. Um, all right. We got, uh, we got two more. We got the right hand man award for our assistant coach of the year. <sighs> man, coaching staff. The coaching staff. Yeah. Well, we could have gone with a coach, but man, they're, they're an assistant coach. They, they're you can't differentiate one. They're all washing clothes. They're taking kids home. They're studying film. They're away from their wives. Their supplement's not as big as the head man's. That's you know, right. there's a lot of uh, some of these guys don't even get paid. Right. You know what I mean? Oh, they yeah. don't. They won't get a varsity supplement. They might be junior yeah. high coaches, but um, man, our our coaching staff, our assistant coaching staff of the year, um, 
Houston Hilltoppers. No doubt. It makes me feel good to give this award out, me right? Me too, man. So and we could have gone several different directions with this. We know a lot of these guys personally. Yeah. Uh, we know what they put in. They're not available to us all the time throughout the football season, and there's good reason for that. It's because of those things that Brian just said. They've got good hearts. Their heads and their hearts are in the right places. They do it for the they, right reasons. They, they really care about these kids, man. That's a direct reflection of their head coach, Ty Harden, that school district in Houston, what they're doing on the football field the past couple of years, man. But uh, these guys, there's no doubt that they're 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 quintessential to their success. Yeah, you know, one thing uh, when I talk to these guys who coach at Houston, you know, like uh, Reed, Coach Reed Flowers uh, had a really good junior high year. I think undefeated in junior high. Yeah. He coaches on their high school team. Zach Mackins, a close personal friend of mine as well, coaches their D line, and uh, I think uh, Zane Thomas, see the offensive yeah. coordinator, does a great job. When I talk to these guys, I ask them. I said, "Man, what's cool about Houston?" And they said, "The school and the district empowers us to coach." They let us coach. They let us be good to the kids while being stern with the kids. They let us be um, father figures while not being demanding. You know what I mean? Sure. And then, um, you know, they, they Houston empowers them to be good coaches. And not all districts are like that. No. So, shout out to them. And it's a well-deserved for all the injuries they had to go through this year, the gauntlet of a schedule they had to go through. And, man, if they just got one more score. What, triple overtime loss? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, one more score, they could have still been playing now. Absolutely. You never know. You never know. But shout out to them for being our, our assistant coaching staff of the year, which leads us to uh, the big one, right? I'm going to let you do this one. Uh, the last one, our Belichick Award, and this is for head coach of the year uh, in our area. And I think we would be remiss if we did not give that honor to the one coach, Chris Cutcliffe, Absolutely. the Oxford Chargers. Uh, this was a tough decision. It really was because a lot of teams could have deserved this. A lot of guys we've already mentioned could easily have gotten this. But one thing about Coach Cutcliffe, and I, I've noticed this, before he got there and before Johnny Hill got there, Oxford really wasn't on the map as a football They school. really weren't. They were basketball, they baseball were basketball, school. basketball, baseball. Girls basketball. Oh, my gosh. And then baseball. Coach Ballman does such a good yeah. job over there. Their whole staff is a great athletic program to begin with. But the one thing that I love about this Oxford team is, you know, they went from the 4A move up to the 5A. They got competitive there. Then when they jumped to 6A, everybody was like, well, guess what? Now you're playing big boy football. Well, you look up Didn't four matter. years later – and here they are playing for it all. And I think that is a direct reflection of a guy who played quarterback there, who's got it in his blood. He's obviously Coach Cutcliffe's son. Uh, you know, it just it makes so much sense. And this guy's got it going in the right direction. Oxford football is here to stay, and it's here to stay because of people like Chris Cutcliffe. Absolutely. And for that reason, he's our, our Belichick Award for Coach of the Year. Absolutely. Man, that guy's awesome. Um, I don't know him personally. I don't know him personally, but based on the things that I have heard from other coaches in the area, um, nobody is thought of as a better football mind and uh, projecting at a really fast level oh, yeah. like him. You know what I mean? Now, there's big things coming. He could stay at Oxford forever. But a guy like this, I mean, I could see him on the Will Hall train. I could, oh, I could see somebody. I could see him being a junior college head coach, being somebody's you, OC. I an interesting tidbit about what you just said. My good friend, Kate Hoggard, who's now the head yeah. baseball coach at Amory, was his tight end yeah. in high school. And this, you remember, this is, you know, early 2000s where mm -hmm. everything's got to be on a clipboard mm -hmm. and plays got to be called in. Yeah. He said this kid was calling the plays at the line. For sure. It's crazy. Yeah. Now, obviously, being David Cutcliffe, you know, obviously plays a role in that, but he's rolled that over into his professional career, man. And, and, and I'm, you know, we're rooting for the Corinth Warriors hard, but I'm rooting for the Oxford Chargers hard. Absolutely. Man. You know, one thing about coaching, they always say the best coaches were point guards and the best football coaches are quarterbacks no just because they, they, they coach like they saw. That's exactly right. You can right. see things a little differently on both sides of the ball. For sure. You know, for sure. But, man, 
That rounds out our, our postseason awards and our final preview show of the year for the state championship. McKinley, this has been an awesome ride this man, year, man. Oh 16 gosh, weeks of absolute so fun. Loved it. Well, I was about to say, it's been a treat meeting with you every week, talking football, because we talked it on Fridays, and then we get to talk it during the week. And your knowledge of the players <laughs> and the coaches and the schemes, it just kind of it, it blows me away and nearly overwhelms me every week. So thanks for letting me be a part of it every week well, with you. Dude. Man, I, I'm telling you, that it's it's been a, a real yin and yang, just a nice balance that we've been able to do this, man. And like you said, it's been so much fun talking on Fridays and then getting the – you know, because Fridays on, on the scoreboard show, we got people calling in. There's a lot of moving parts. This – this we just – Brian and I get to sit back and talk football for about an hour for sure. every, every week. And we love that. And this will continue, folks, in one yeah. format or another. Uh, you'll find us again this time next year doing the exact same thing uh, one way or the other. So, anyway, folks, get this. Uh, we'll have this up soon. and yeah, we'll we, have it up before the game start for sure. Oh, absolutely. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, you know, we, we'll, we'll be moving into basketball next week. Yeah. Can't wait for that. Uh, but, man, football is football, and it's still the South, so yeah. we love it. And be, be looking for us to come back with our preview pods starting back at the very end of July. I hope to have a few coaches on, maybe talk about some things going on, maybe sure. some media folks uh, from the area, give some previews on that. And then we'll start the scoreboard show back in August. Cannot wait. Looking forward to it. Anyway, uh, folks, if you uh, are looking for us on social media, you can find us on Twitter at The Happening Pod and on Instagram at Happening Pod. We are linked up through Spotify, Stitcher, and Fireside for the podcast. You can find Brian personally at BDBaldwin24 and myself at McKinley Holland, and our friend Adam Gore at Gore Sports, uh, and then, of course, on the, the scoreboard show at MS98Scores. Uh, we'd love to hear from you, even during the offseason. For sure. If you got ideas, something you want to hear us talk about, we'd love to hear it. But Corrective criticisms only. Only, only. <laughs> don't get chippy. But that, uh, that all being said, thank you so much all for listening. Uh, state champs, con- future congratulations to you. For those of you that don't get it, stay hungry for next year. Um, And we will catch you next time.